listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast, talking all things Star Wars in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Mando cast. I am Jay, being joined by Chris. And I'm back! I'm Zeke! Zeke is here. Uh, to join us for our uh, trip through the Bad Batch. Uh, the non-Star Wars fan. Yes. So we're getting an outsider's perspective on this. I did sit him down to watch episode one, all hour and 14 minutes of it yesterday. I say non-Star Wars fan, but I did geek out when they put all the 66 out in that, in that thing. Like, yeah. Holy shit! It's like one of the few things that you, as a not, not a huge Star Wars fan like me or Chris, would understand the reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and your opinion of... of Episode one was generally a positive one yeah, as well. Good wasn't it? it was good, good one. Well, I like the fact that they gave like, hey, we're going to acknowledge the fact that Order sixty six is a programmable effect by everybody except for them. Them kind of factory defaults, you know? They're, they're not so not smart. so much defaults, so much as factory the, defects. Defects. That's what I defects. There you, you go. Get my subtitles sometimes. Yeah, except this is true. <laughs> except for the one, and he was still defective. It's just it was. Pecking in the back of his head like his conscience. Yeah, because he was just like, good soldiers follow order. Yes. yes. Which, um, as I mentioned, and I mentioned this to Chris as we were watching, that's actually a reference to an episode from uh, the Clone Wars series. In season six, uh, one, of the, one of the clones, his chip basically malfunctions, mm-hmm. and he essentially executes Order 66 early and kills his Jedi. Uh, but before that happens, uh, you know, he's like sort of holding his head and he starts repeating that line, good soldiers follow orders over and over and over until he kills uh, his Jedi. And then uh, basically one of his, one of his friends, another clone called Fives is trying to uh, find out what happened to him after he's taken away to be essentially uh, recycled, shall we say? (laughs) And Fives basically is, Sort of framed to look like he like he's starting to like his chip is malfunctioning. There, they don't explain exactly what the chip is so much as that it like uh, makes sure that they stay in line yeah. as opposed to no this thing has a this thing has a little failsafe inside to make them into perfectly obedient soldiers. Though I'm looking forward to the sniper versus the hunter. Well, the hunter isn't a sharpshooter like Crosshair. No, but he's going to be able to see the sniper from my array from his possibly, hunting, his hunting te- possibly. Tennis. But there are, I think, limits to how good hunters' senses are, and Crosshair probably knows what those limitations are, oh, and yeah. will know to basically be like, if I get within this range, he will he will detect me. So I'm gonna camp out here with my sniper rifle and just. Wait, <clears throat> boom! He's also got to cover his tracks, so if he breaks any tree branches on his way up there, yes. But if he's following them, that's true. Kind of thing, um, but yes. Uh, did, did you tell him the when we you and I started geeking out over the Jedi, the Padawan? Yes, I did explain. I did explain to Zeke while we were watching. When uh, Caleb showed up, I, I basically because yeah. you have seen Rebels, I've seen so some of Rebels. Let's anyway. go ahead and give the Zeke background story. So we, I've seen one, two, and three, which in this case would be three, four, and six. Three, four, and five. Four, five, and six. You yes, mean. That okay. the original trilogy. Yes, I've seen the original trilogy. I cut <laughs> myself through episodes one and two, and my friend went to see the third one. I got out of the theater after Batman trailers, and thank God it's over with. And then, <laughs> don't think I ever saw the ones after that. No, no, I saw the one where Han Solo died. Okay. Spoiler alert! Yes, uh, so you've seen at least the first, the first of the sequel trilogy. And I looked at that going, "Why? No, I'm not hopping this train wagon again." Okay, but I did see part of Web Wars. I saw some Clone Wars, and obviously I saw Mandalorian. So yes, I do um, have some some knowledge, but not like uh, not as much as me and definitely not as much as Chris. Well, that's why he's well acknowledged. Exactly. By the way, I'm not going to spoil because I kind of like looked into like uh, the cast members because I was I was having a hard time trying to remember like you know like who the certain characters were because these are brand spanking new characters. Well, yeah, um, but yeah, okay. But I, I was on Wikipedia and I looked up to see a uh, future I care I don't know when this character is going to show up in the show but it's uh, one of the characters from Mandalorian. Fennec Shan. Yeah, yeah, I know. She was in the trailer. Oh, she, oh yeah. That, well, blinking. She, had, she, yeah, but she had that same helmet that she was wearing on Tatooine. 
But uh, yeah, they did get uh, Ming Na Wen to voice the character, of course. Yes. Was uh, it the chick from Agents of Shield? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you really want to pr- put it into perspective, she's the voice of Mulan. The original wow, Mulan. Wow, that's just so many levels all cool at the same time. What the fuck? <laughs> Ming Na Wen is actually a Disney legend because of all the work that she's done with Disney. Every time they bring Mulan back. In anim- any any animated form, whether it's video games or not, it's her voicing it. Cool. Yep. Um, so, and I, th- uh, I think I know I talked about this with you, uh, Chris, and I talked about it with you after we after we watched it. I'm gonna go ahead and put put this on on uh, on record, as it were, now. Um, but I had a new theory about Omega. Oh yeah, this one. Um, that base and it was as I was rewatching it with you, I I was just it was towards the end of the episode, just the way that her hair is sort of sweep swept back a little bit, and just some of her mannerisms as she was looking around their shuttle as they were as they were leaving. I was like, wait, is she? And I was thought, is she like supposed to be like Palpatine's daughter somehow? Because yeah, I because I because I expressed the theory that she is force sensitive, and I'm still holding to that theory at least. But I'm now wondering if she is Palpatine's daughter, and is, and that she's the one who later becomes the mother of Rey from the sequel trilogy. So we don't I, we we don't know yet. Um, this is all just speculation, pure speculation. Um, I don't know how off the top of my head how many episodes there are in the Bad Batch. Uh. I could. I honestly couldn't find out. I got I, a question for the Relic of Knowledge because he's been doing his research. What? Uh, all of the Bad Batch voiced by the same guy? Yes. All the clones are voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Oh my god, that's gotta be so freaking annoying. It's like, okay, we want Well, you no, to this, this allows him to flex his vocal, vo- vocal range. But you have to memorize that vocal range of <clears> each clone. It's like, okay, we want you to do Rex. Okay, we D. Want Bradley you- Baker is, an, is a, an accomplished voice actor. You think he can't. Keep that all that straight in his head at the beginning. Not, I don't, not more at but the here's beginning. the thing: I imagine it's more a case of he records the lines for Hunter during one vocal session, then he takes a break, maybe comes back the next day and records the lines for Tech. That makes sense. You know, that way he's not having to switch between multiple different voice takes in one session. He's doing it's, them. It, it, it's like the guy who uh, the guy who voiced Pilot in Farscape. Um, he openly admitted that doing the voice for Pilot actually exhausted him. Apparently we're having some technical difficulties on our end. What? You are now offline. Oh yeah, we're we're having a few issues with the, with the router right now. Oh, I was playing on my phone of, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one of our roommates is upstairs trying to trying to troubleshoot it. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Okay, I just looked it up. Apparently it's 16 episodes. Nice. Hey, I don't like knowing the, ne- the names of episodes, to be honest with you. Because it kind of kills out the surprise. Like, yeah, but at the same time, it gives you some... Give it, You know, that it, it'll get you excited as it gets towards the end of the season because you know stuff's going to start picking up. True, true. Um, but I glimpsed a trailer that dropped today for Bad Batch, which I, which I think is just sort of like, now you've seen the first episode... Here's sort of a little mini trailer for, uh, for the series, and they're apparently going to be become like a mercenary crew, which makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, it's like eight the A team, but in Star Wars. <laughs> Convicted for a crime, I they didn't commit. I literally want to see the intro for the show redone with the A team theme, <laughs> or or somebody to put together like an A team like uh, opening opening thing because. The Star Wars uh, series that they've been doing on Disney Plus, and really even uh, in Clone Wars and Rebels, di- they didn't really have an opening credit sequence. It was more just sort of like, you know, flash of the of the title card and then just into the episode. Yeah, but I'm saying like they could like do like a supercut of like just scenes with the Bad Batch crew, and yeah, I just can't get that, that image of Destiny out of my head. I just want to see the big, uh, the big muscle guy, Wrecker, Wrecker yell for the puppies. As the <laughs> the That's all I want to see for the puppies. As he runs in destroying robots for the baby fallen. Yes. <laughs> um, 
yeah, because well, of the of the group, you know, we've got sort of all three classes in the Bad Batch. We've got Wrecker the Titan, Hunter the the Hunter, yeah, and, and Tech the Warlock. I'm not sure where uh, where Echo would necessarily fit in there. He's super droid. Hmm. He's Banshee. I'll go for that one. No, well, maybe not Banshee. Maybe like one of the like one of the Red Jacks. He's he's Sweeperbot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, we're being we're being nerds that, and making references that Chris doesn't get right now. But I think I, I don't play I don't play Destiny. I I know that your life is probably richer for it. <laughs> and I'm saying that as a big fan of Destiny. Yeah, we gotta get back in that loop again, don't we? Well, yeah. You know, at this point, just wait until Tuesday when yeah. the next season starts. That's, that's what I'm saying. The beginning of the loop again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I think that about wraps up uh, things for and the we intro. And got Wi-Fi again for the moment. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll uh, go ahead and pause this here, and we'll be back after the episode. Hey, while we're watching this episode, you should go ahead and toss us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Bored to Death Clan is part of the CKCC Radio Podcast Tribe, including Jay Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Park Hopper 101, and The Nerd Table. Imperial credits may not be worth much, but remember to support CKCC Radio on Patreon. I have spoken. And we're back. Nice little short little episode to introduce a few new, a uh, few things. But it's nice to have a story without subliminal messaging. Besides the be a good parent one, that was a nice one to have on there. Well, oh, you mean without like having a moral to the story kind of thing? A moral doesn't hit real, real close to home or time frame or anything like that. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Um, because I don't really remember a whole lot of subliminal uh, stuff going on. In, uh, I mean, more about recent binges. Ah, okay. This is just really here's a story. Let's enjoy it. Yes. And the only thing this this reminds me of a Sally Morning cartoon. It reminds me of Sally Morning cartoons for adults because the premise for this one was kind of a, a, a family one. Yeah. You know, we have Omega in the the break the. Bad, the bad the, game? The, the bad batch. <clears throat> the bad batch. You know, it's the literally t- the title of the series. <laughs> I, call, I want to call it the bad gang. I don't know why. The bad batch. You know, they're trying to figure out the place with each other, you know? And then the leader, it's a scene that he, he's not he's not dad material at this point in time. Well, neither was Mando, and we saw how that worked out. Yeah. And there so, were, and we were, as we were watching this, comparing it a lot to The Mandalorian. Yes. Um... You know, you know, Hunter is a good foil to uh, to Mando in that respect. You know, they're both sort of like not really used to being dads, but in Mando's case, the paternal instincts came on strong with Baby Yoda. But technically, and and with Hunter, and with Hunter, it's just like he does want what's best for her, but he uh, but he's also not as like overprotective of her. But Hunter only has one kid. Yeah. Okay. Hey, let's let's be a little bit fair to Wrecker. He's not he's not a kid. He I has the mind of one. There. What? How did I know that you were going to go there? Well, I mean, for God's sake, he freaked out in the last episode because he missed his, his, uh, his teddy bear. Well, I guess it's bunny, though. It's well, ted, you know, his little bunny plush yeah. thing. And you just know they're probably going to they're probably gonna market that shit. Oh, my God. Um, and build a bear. <laughs> yeah, build a bear. <laughs> um... And, yeah, so basically the gist of the episode was, as they mentioned in the last episode, they swung by Sector J-19 to uh, Salukame, uh, I believe was the name of the planet, which is where we're reintroduced to Cut, the clone who deserted back during the Clone Wars cartoon, and has now married a uh, Twi'lek, and they have a couple of, uh, a couple of kids together. And... Uh, so half Twi'lek, half clone. Half Twi'lek, basically. Because they're like half human. Yeah, I know. But yes, half clone. Um, but, uh, and the Bad Batch is literally just stopping by there to uh, lay low for a little bit before moving on. Oh, also to learn a technique. To learn to blend in and never be found again because they're being hunted. Well, I don't know how well blending is going to work for some of them. Because Wrecker... That's a big, big boy to try to blend in. Well, he was 
blended in quite nicely with the crowds. I mean, he he yeah, had his fall moment going on. But he but when he his cover gets blown, he doesn't really know how to bluff his way out of it. Neither do I. Big boys don't need to be bluffing. That's what I was. I was. You got there before me. I was going to ask. You know. You know. For your insight on this, when it comes to a grown man with the mind of a child, that's what we have the small people for. That's why Hunter. He he's just special. He we forget, we dropped him on his head a few times. It's okay. Don't punch the security guard in the face. Oh god damn it. Well, don't do it more than. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, but um. The problem that's that's coming up is for, on the planet, though, is that the new empire is impounding ships so they can be registered, and basically now republic credits are no good. But if you go to an imperial office and turn in your republic credits oh. and get a chain code, they will give you equal value in imperial credits. You know, the sad thing is, I just turned that into a, a retail environment in my head. Go ahead. Hey. You want this job with a great paying salary? Just come over here to retail. We're going to tag you, bag you, and put you out to work. Oh, it's not what we promised? Actually, was, it, no, was it written down anywhere? Actually, no. What it reminds me of is that episode of The Simpsons where they went to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Oh, yeah. And it's like, like uh, Itchy and Scratchy Bucks or whatever. Yeah, and, and the second they buy them, they take one look, and every single shop has a sign that says we don't take uh, Itchy and Scratchy Bucks. Yeah. Well, and they they sort of sold uh, Homer on it. It's just sort of like it's like regular money, but more fun. He's like, "Give me eleven hundred dollars worth," and they give him the money. He turns around immediately. It's like, nope. Um, but uh, quite literally, your money's no good here. Yeah, but the chain codes basically they take a sample of like they sort of sample your DNA thing to, and give you this unique identifying thing, like a social security number, if you will. Like they they weren't exactly being subtle in calling it a chain code, though. There were no subliminal messages whatsoever in this episode. <laughs> I mean, that's not exactly subliminal. That's like in your face. <laughs> now, this isn't the first time in Star Wars we've heard reference to chain codes. That came up in Mandalorian Season 2. That's how... Really? Yeah. Bo- Boba Fett basically showed, um, showed Mando his chain code to basically prove... Who, you know, that his father, who his father was, oh, and to sort of I, to sort of establish his claim to to the armor, because his chain code was in that armor. I didn't think that was a chain code. I thought it was just a family tree he was trying to show. Well, that that's what I thought too, and I didn't think too much of the chain code thing until it's brought up here, and then I'm like, geez, uh, suddenly it's not not so subtle. <laughs> nope. Um, well, but the that makes a problem for cut because. He wants to get his him, himself and his family off of the planet with the Empire locking it down and, and basically not uh, packing up and leaving now that the war's over, but essentially building up their base, you know, and establishing tighter control over the planet. Well, you got to mention the fact that the very beginning when they started talking to each other, I was like, yeah, Rex came by and said, we got to get out of here. Yeah, okay, yeah, they did sort of mention that uh, Rex had like popped by like the day before and basically was just sort of suggesting that they y'all won't want to get out of Dodge yeah which brought my favorite part and I, I have to bring this up and then I'll, we'll go back to what you are talking about the, the ships I love tech oh I love tech why passing. didn't you mention that <laughs> yeah, I just thought about it because we were talking about Rex and then we were talking about the chips in the heads like oh, oh yeah they, they were because t- they were t- they brought up the whole uh, inhibitor chip thing I love and uh, Omega who had worked as like a medical assistant for Nala Sue then explains what the inhibitor chips are, and uh, they they turn to uh, they turn to tech they turn to tech. It's like how come you didn't mention the chips? The the programming was because of the chips. He's like, I didn't think you know, or it's like you didn't ask sort of thing. Time he said, we thought I thought it was common knowledge here. Well, no, it wasn't so much common knowledge as that I thought it was obvious. Yeah, it's that, like, you're the smart one. You can't assume everyone is on your level, especially not Wrecker. <laughs> um. It's it's like Sheldon in Big Bang Theory. A lot of times he'll be explaining something and other people are just like, what? It's like, yeah, you're bright, but not everybody's as bright as you. Exactly. But then again, Sheldon also assumes that because he knows he knows a whole lot about a lot of things, that he knows he knows a lot about everything, which is part of where the humor comes in. Yep, and why he's so goddamn snobby. Yep, uh, but back to uh, Bad Batch. 
so, but the problem with the chain code is if Cut goes in to try to register, they'll reg- they'll pick up that he's a clone and that he's a deserter, and he'll be arrested, which is bad. And we don't want to take the ship of the Bad Batch because we want to do this legitly so that they don't come hunt us down anymore. Yeah, basically. Well, <clears throat> yeah, the bad. Well, it was more the Bad Batch offered them offered them a lift mm-hmm. uh, to wherever they needed to go, and they're just sort of like. We kind of want to stay under the radar, and you guys are being hunted right now, so that's not a good idea. Um, but uh, they, and so they're like, well, we need to get these chain codes if we're going to get off world. Uh, and then they basically ask Tech, it's like, could you forge forge a chain code? He's like, well, I just learned learned about them a few minutes ago, but yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like how smugly smart he is. Um, and so then it's just a matter of, Sneaking into the Imperial base, stealing the the discs that which are basically just like cards, really, but uh, that the chain codes will They're like go fan on. cards with chips inside of them. Yeah, mm, wait, like yeah, what, wait. debit card. Yeah, <laughs> um, and the little tablet that they need to use to to uh, load the codes onto it or whatever. I swore that tablet was gonna come bite them in the ass. I thought so too. It's like. You got greedy. Because he grabbed the one thing and then he was like, take this too. I'm like, mm. You got greedy. You took the one thing you shouldn't take was going to track your location. No, it wasn't the case. No, it wasn't the case. No. Um, that we know of yet. But as part of all this, you know, we also got to see Omega having her first experiences with the, wor- the world outside of the lab. <laughs> no, no. I love it how, like, when they get out, she sees the sunlight for the first She's... time. Zeke, you go ahead and say what you said. <laughs> it's like me coming out of work for the first uh, after day. Oh, God, the sun burns. Right, it burns. <laughs> the cursed day star, yes, because it burns. Zeke, because Zeke goes into work. At, like, the, dark 30. <laughs> yeah, before the sun is even up. Uh, I used to work shifts like that when I worked my twelves at the at the help desk because I was getting up at like four a.m. I'd get to work when before the sun was up, and, and then in you the get and home in the as the sun was setting. Yeah, uh, but no, like she comes out, she gets off the ramp and steps steps foot onto dry land for the first time ever. <laughs> dry and land is not a myth. Kneels down and just picks up the uh, picks up a handful of dirt and just like watches it slowly fall out of her hand back onto the ground and she goes, "What is this?" And I just went dirt. <laughs> I love how many references we can get from just one simple action of grabbing the dirt, letting it slide through your hands, and all of us came up with a different movie line. Yeah. Like you did the one from Bill and Ted. Yeah. yeah. We were like, like dust in the wind. And and you went with uh, with yours, and I went for Waterworld. <laughs> um. But yeah, is you know she was just sort of really excited about seeing stuff that wasn't you know inside she, of a lab. And all wasn't she ever like, saw was ocean and rain. <laughs> yep, and, and labs. And, and labs. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. Um, and then when she gets introduced to Cut and Sue's children, uh, they take her outside to try to play with her, and they have to explain to her how to play catch. They do not play to her how to be a kid. We yeah, got basically. the opposite moment of Mandalorian. Man, the lawyer's like, no, don't, don't leave us, don't leave us. She looks at him and he goes, Hunter goes, yeah, get out there, go play. Yeah. But without saying the words. Like, yeah, he basically just sort of nods like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> nah, she's fine. <laughs> no, she's not. She's not fine. She don't know how to stay inside the fence. But uh, it comes along as they're making their plans to get to sneak the, sneak Cut and his family into the port, get them the chain codes and get them, get them onto the shuttle off world. He explains that he's he wants to send Omega with them because it's like she needs a family. Well, doesn't that happen after the events where she gets almost killed? Yes, uh, she. There's there's a reason why he he says that, and it's while they were playing catch, the ball ends up going outside the fence on Cut's farm, and the kids go. Kids get go. We'll get it back later, and they go they go to head back inside, and Omega's just like. Shrugs. He's like, I can fit through the fence, no problem. And she goes to get it. I'm like, mm, there's a reason that fence is up. And then this like nasty looking beastie that we saw when the Bad Batch was first arriving uh, starts sneaking, you know, pops up from the bushes and starts stalking her. And I was like, I had a feeling we were gonna see that that thing again. Alien cat with four eyes and like fins. <laughs> Yes, that's one alien pussy you don't want to mess with. Mm. 
I don't know. Uh, should we talk, make a Star Trek joke here? Are we talking about the three breasted chick from Star Trek Five? <laughs> well, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, you mentioned three breasted chick. I don't go to Star Trek Five. I go to Total Recall. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say uh, Kirk messes with Vega uh, pussy. So. Eh. Well, but yeah, but Kirk Kirk never met a pussy he didn't want to slay. Touche. This is true. If, if Kirk's Kirk's whole opinion is, if it's got a hole, I will fuck it. <laughs> you know, is it bad when watching Star Wars and we're mentioning Star Trek? Or no. Come out to us and no, because I don't I don't believe in that whole there that Trekkies and Star Wars fans cannot get along. Well, I want you to remember something. George Lucas went to the very first Star Trek convention. Back in ni- like nineteen seventy one, I think it was. Where the hell do you get this stuff from? Seriously, the well of knowledge. This is the most random thing. How do you find this? Is like you just hop on Facebook. Oh look, George Lucas showed up at the first convention in this time. No, he openly admitted that he went to the very first Star Trek convention, and he said that Star Trek was a huge influence on him in terms of making Star Wars, but. Star Wars was originally supposed to be the Flash Gordon film, but he couldn't get the rights to it and just made a few minor changes here and there, and boom, Star Wars. And the rest, as they say, is history. Wait, Flash Gordon, wasn't that No, the no, Flash there was originally a black and white serial series called Flash Gordon. It had, like, the same, like, title crawl sequence to it, huh. like what Star Wars did. Mm-hmm. That's where George Lucas got the idea from, plus he was also a huge fan of samurai films. And Vader's whole, like, the helmet and everything is very samurai-inspired. And also, if you look at Obi-Wan Kenobi's fighting style, it's very samurai-like. Especially if you go to that episode of Rebels where um, Darth Maul tracks him down down on Tatooine the fight. It's very samurai-like. It's like the the two of them just sort of standing, you know, like staring each other down with with their swords drawn. And there's like a long pause as each is waiting for the other to make the first move. And then finally... It's a single stroke battle, you know, like a classic samurai. Yeah, like my dad, uh, I showed him that episode because I was like, Dad, you're going to really, really like this episode. So I showed him that episode. And while they were doing the, the stances, my, uh, he says, this is very, you know, like... Seven samurai. Seven samurai-like. So, that was, so yeah, you can see... Or Kurosawa, more like, yeah, Kurosawa in general. Yeah, basically, and, you know, just based off of Obi-Wan's stance the entire time during that one scene. Yeah, um, but back to uh, Bad Batch. But as after this uh, this whole incident, and the beast gets driven off by uh, Sue, Sue turns out to be an excellent excellent marksman she just gets up on the roof of their house and she's like ping 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 over hunter's shoulder who's now coming out yeah he basically comes over the comes over the fence oh yeah one's providing long range uh support while the other one is getting up close and personal and doesn't mind getting up close and personal Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's an animal or not but the fact she doesn't hesitate to take the shots she took multiple shots when he was close and personal that's a accurate is it, now I'm wondering if we're not going to see them pop up again in a later episode and we're going to have a sniper duel between her and Crosshair. I would like to see that. Me too. <laughs> um, but it, at, at any rate, uh, oh, God, but it was this whole incident it, is it, what led... It uh be tech versus non-tech because she did that without any tech support. And yeah, he, but, he always has that thing that goes down and he can see Yes, things. but um, he's explicitly stated to be an expert shot even without it that's just like for extra assistance um but at any rate uh this close encounter with this beastie you know sort of scares omega and she sort of like hides on their hides on their ship to brood about it i don't think that was what the reason why she was hiding i think the reason why she was hiding because the way that hunter came up because remember, a hunter came up and treated her like a soldier. What were you doing? Yeah. That's unsafe. Why? And then, uh, what's his name? Cut. Cut yeah. comes up and goes, she's not a soldier. And he leans she, down and does Yeah, he does the parenting the, the, thing. The, the, the parenting Are thing you and... okay? It's all right. You're safe. Don't worry. And even Weko uh, was like, is she going to be okay? Like, yeah. he, he's like, oh, God. Yeah. Is she all right? And he's like, it's going to be fine. That's what I think made her go to mope on the ship was like I made a mistake that, that's that's fair I, I, I kind of had sort of that sort of had slipped my mind but that was one, the whole incident that sort of prompted Hunter to be like I, I can't do this yeah 
uh, she'd be better. She's it's better for her if she leaves with you. And so uh, then comes the, the whole heist to get the chips uh, and because the chain code discs Tex, and everything. Because Tech's brain works so smoothly. Well, we in there and steal the chi- the codes. How are we going to get in there and steal the codes? What if we port our ship as abandoned? And they'll take it straight to the impound lot. <laughs> right inside the base. It's the most simplest plan ever. And then he doesn't discuss it with anybody. <laughs> except actually, except for Echo. Well, he, he discusses it after he's only reported the ship. And then, you know, Hunter's just sort of like... And you, you reported, you did what? And they're like, it's fine, everything's under control. But Omega's on the ship, and they're like... Oh, <laughs> I like this plan. She, yeah, she just sort of waves from the cockpit, like I like this plan. Oh, it's gonna be. That's what's gonna make me want to watch this more and more each time. It's, it's just seeing the you interaction. Just, you just, I think you just like. I, I, I don't say. I, I feel like your favorite character was going to be uh, Wrecker. Oh yeah, but now it's become Tech. It's it's because it's, it's torn between uh, the physical comedy with Wrecker because like uh, I'll talk about that when we get to that spot. And then Tech... Oh, where, where he does the triple meeting of the minds oh, thing? No, no, dude, when the, the gunfire was happening, he's holding the freaking... Oh, that thing, He's yeah. holding thing to block the gunfire. He just picked up this, like, giant crate, and it's just like... Dum, 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 literally using it as a shield. And so, like, it's going to be the comic aspect of the physical point, and then you have the, <laughs> the smart-ass comments of, t- of Tech... Like, just so yeah. I, I thought I thought it was obvious. Yes, <laughs> but I didn't see. I didn't. You know, I thought you guys would have figured it out or but whatever. I, if they keep doing what they're doing. I think Tech's gonna get a little bit on my nerves, and then Hunter's. He's a like, little bit. He's a little bit insufferable, but because he's going to keep, keep wanting that joke. Maybe like, I think what is probably going to happen at some point over this over the first season is something is going to come along that's going to throw him completely for a loop, and it's going to sort of turn out it's like. You don't need to overthink things so much. <laughs> but yes, back to the, the heist of the chips and the stealing and well, and the and the and the heist pretty much goes off without any issues. Besides, you know, them being caught and well, no, they get the they get the discs and the little tablet. They get them back to the, the to the ship where they're where they're programming them. That all goes fine. Yes. But it's when they need then need to get those discs to Cut and his family is where they run into a problem because now there's suddenly a squad like in in the way. No, and I... and Tech's like I'll I'll run them to you myself and and Echo takes one look at the squad out there. He's like, there's no way you're going to sneak past all of them. <laughs> I do wonder. There's got to be like a fingerprint thing going on because first off, all he did was touch the doors. A security area that is supposed to be only for clone access, as I'm doing air quotes and no one can see these. Right. Um, and, uh, well, not tech. Uh, Echo. Not, Echo. Just walks up, touch the door, gets in there, starts stealing things. Yes. But, but he also has the robotic arm, mm-hmm. which does the, the data thing. Yep. But wouldn't that data thing kind of set an alarm off? Because isn't each data thing different? No, um, the little spike thing that he has is very similar, basically the same as the one is that like R two D two uses. Yeah, to but hack, if you have an R two D two in the, we'll call him the weightlifting bot right now because I don't know his name, like the cube the thing. If they both have the same thing, are they both the same data ports? Yes, it's like a universal adapter. Right, He's cool. essentially got a USB plug on his arm. Cool. I can now download everything by turning this as much as possible. Yeah. I hope my Biowar is updated. Oh god, virus! <laughs> I shouldn't have gone to that website. <laughs> Delete my history. <laughs> Delete my internet history. So cremate him. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. The, the high school smoothie, like you said. But it's the delivery where things start going sour. Yes. Because when they when they're like trying to figure out how are we going to get these these discs over there. They turn their back on Omega, which is always a bad idea. And she just, uh, like, yeah, I'll just run these over myself. <laughs> and she does. But, um... I wonder, did he finish... I want to go back and finish... I want to go back and watch that spot again. Did he finish programming yes. all the chips? Yes. Okay. Um, the, uh, but what ended up causing the problems was Echo went outside to try to hack the, the magnetic clamp. Oh, on yeah, it. yeah. And then a clone, uh, one of the regular clones... 
happens by is like, what are you doing here? And this is a D&D moment. So D&D moment. <laughs> Where the DM just sort of rolls a die. is just sort of like, so now, now a guard has come has come come up and is asking what you're doing. Uh, I'm the mechanic clone. <laughs> I'm I'm with maintenance. <laughs> oh, that one. Damn it. And well, yeah, like he says this, and the clone just looks at him in a moment, and then is just like, "We've got to sit," and then immediately gets stunned by tech. Um, and that sort of causes an al- a general alarm to go off, and Omega's still trying to sneak out, and then she bumps into an R two unit. Or at least an astromech droid, who, t- who takes one look at her and immediately starts going, "Wait, wait!" <laughs> she's like trying to shush it, and then Wrecker, who'd been sent to go go uh, catch up with her, just comes up and goes, "Thwonk!" fist to the top of its head, and leaves a dent in it. <laughs> it was a big dent too. Yeah, it was a big dent. Like, uh, yeah, you're not gonna be Titan able to buff smash. that one out. Oh yeah. Um. And so he, you know, she then hurries off while suddenly the clones are, more clones turn up and they're, they've turned a wrecker and they're sort of like, let me see your chain code. <laughs> it must be in this hand. Wait a sec, it's in this hand. Crunk! Yeah, he literally like holds his hand up and like opens it. It's like, oh, it must be my other hand. Oh, and then just grabs the two on the other end and just clonks all three heads together. But there are more clones that spot this and then there's shooting and... Then there's the running and the screaming. Yes. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, the oohs and aahs. Every, every time you go to see an ooh and ah moment, you're going to think of Jurassic Park. Especially when he's like... First it's all ooh and ah, and then comes the running and screaming. And you know, he was right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um... Oh, God. Then, then comes the whole moment when... Uh, uh, Omega catches up with uh, Cut and his family. Hunter is still there. And Omega's like, here's the chain codes, but uh, Tech made one too many. <laughs> there are five instead of four. And Cut turns to Hunter and is like, you didn't tell her? Well, at the time, you got to keep Also, Cut was getting really antsy. Yeah, because there was all these other clones walking by and he's having to keep sort what? of like turning his head and looking away. Also, Hunter's doing the same thing, but Cut's just real nervous about it. Also, they're getting closer and closer to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's like every time they sort of pause to try to wait for for Omega to catch up, they're like, "Hey, move, keep the line moving." <laughs> Again, that's what I asked you. So was it you and Taco Bell today? <laughs> yeah, because I did get held up in the Taco Bell drive-through because the guy two cars ahead of me was like, t- he was sat at the window for five minutes. Oh, is he that one guy goes? Hmm, what do I want at with the, Taco Bell? At the window, not the box. Oh my god! If it's at the box. That's annoying, yes, but sometimes they're they're told to wait by the people inside. When you're at the window and you're waiting for more than five minutes and you're, you're not seeing like money changing hands in that time, park the car. Tell them to park the car. Keep the line moving because there were at least three other cars behind me in the line. Anyway. Jay's Adventures in the Drive-Thru. I was getting hangry. I was getting Never hangry. Never make this man hangry. Never. I don't get angry... Very much. When it, when I do, uh, yeah, run for cover. That's why you should always have a. And don't hide in the basement. <laughs> what? Don't hide in the basement. We'll hear you down in the basement. Oh my god! It's like freaking Godzilla walking up there. Oh, feed me! <laughs> that only happened the one time, and that was because that was because my Uber Eats was late. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it wasn't Uber Eats. I think it was. I think it was Postmates. I thought it was Grubhub. It was one of the other. It was one of the others because it was. What it wasn't Door, it might have been DoorDash, but Uber Eats is the one I tend to pre- I tend to prefer because I have yet to have a bad, really bad experience with them. Every other one, has, something has gone wrong. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. So cuts getting getting all antsy, but then you know the with the extra di- uh, disc, then Hunter is trying to explain to Omega just sort of like this is this is safer for you and everything. She's like. She she wants to stay with them, but he's like, this, but I want to stay with you. Yeah, and you could tell that it was starting to tug on that paternal instinct that Hunter didn't know he had, <laughs> and that they probably inherited from Django. Um, <sighs> but but we see them go up to the get up to the booth. He hands over the cards. The guy's like inserting them one at a time to scan them. 
And and you can see Cut's still getting nervous because there are more clones still showing up around them. I just see this image in my head now. He scans one, puts it down, scans one, puts it down, scans one, bumps into the other pile. Oh, God damn it. I'm going to do it I gotta again. got to start over, yeah. It's like, wait, which pile did, this, did I take this from? <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, there's like a shooting fight taking taking place out at the impound yard. It's called yard. a shootout. Yeah. Oh, man, I have to scan these damn cars and there's a gunfight over there. I'm missing what? all the fun. <laughs> he starts doing it faster, right? Grab blaster and hauls ass. So no, no, big. what's going to happen is you're going to see the, the clock. That you see a clock. Be back in half hour. Boom! Yeah. Then he gets a few, shot. You know, five hours later. <laughs> I don't think he's coming back to check our tickets. <laughs> um, you just see, hear everybody in the line go, Oh! <laughs> And meanwhile, Echo is still struggling to get the the thing unlocked, and they're just sort of like Wrecker, <laughs> go deal with it. And Wrecker just literally it's yanks not it apart. Anymore. Wrecker just walks over and rips it apart, and it's just sort of like it responded to that. <laughs> oh man, so many Titan I, Smash! <laughs> so many things I would love to see in this show, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, I want to see Wrecker be voiced by the guy from uh, uh, Armageddon. The Russian guy, who, Peter Stormare. Yeah, <laughs> this is how we. Do this it. is how I we, want This to. is how we fix things on Russian space station. That's what I see. Uh, American like, components, Russian components, all made, made in, in Taiwan. China. No Taiwan. He said Taiwan. Oh yeah, which is still China technically, the Republic of China, as opposed to the People's Republic of China. Oh God, what? Uh, we'll do history later. Yeah, we'll do a history. We'll do the little uh, geographical lesson later. Um, but, you know, so then they all get on board the ship uh, or start boarding the ship. And then Omega I, comes running in. I love the the thing as they go through the checkpoint. And you see Cut's wife lean down and place her hand on Omega. Because she knows Omega doesn't want to be there. And she knows that Omega is thinking about running. And that if she runs now, it's going to be a problem. And I, I want to see, there's got to be a deleted scene or something like that, because there's got to be a conversation where she oh, where she looks at her and just gives a nod or something like that to one boy. Because there's, he, she sees it. She's like, I know you don't want to be here. And, this, and then she wants to go, go see something. It's got to be a deleted scene. Maybe. You know, maybe. <clears throat> I, I, you know, that's a subtle thing. It's like, I noticed it, didn't quite register until you mentioned it. I was like, yeah, that did actually happen. That's the way my brain works. I do pick up on a lot of this stuff, but sometimes I don't. It doesn't like trigger as significant until somebody mentions it's it. Because she senses, like she said at the beginning, when she got in trouble, kids find a way to get in trouble. And she and, repeated that. She repeated that again later. And it's like she knew she wanted to get in trouble, and she's like, "It's okay, go get in trouble." Yeah, it's just sort of like if you know. Again, it's like if she had run as they were going through the gate, that would have been a problem, yeah. and it would have raised some red flags. Once they're through the gate. Before they've boarded the ship, it's easier at that point to slip away. Yep. Um, but Omega comes running back to the to the Bad Batch's ship. Hunter has to go has to go save her, uh, and he's like shooting kneecaps as he's going. Yeah, I swear to God, <laughs> he did a John Wick where he aimed down at someone's shins, shot them, and then shot the guy in the head. Yeah, it, it did feel like a bit of a John Wick moment when he did they that. Were... He like kneecapped the guy and then pff, then headshot. One of the animators probably watched the, the John Wick films and was just like, "I have an idea." Yeah, <laughs> I. God, I want uh, some sort of John Wick moment now in some sort of Star Wars thing. Book of Boba Fett would be a good place to do it. That would be the best. Especially you know, him. You know, like him like trying to establish dominance over the uh, criminal underworld. <laughs> just like him, you know, uh, marching into some place and just literally like drilling his way through, Mozambique drilling his way through through people. See, I just see an Indiana Jones moment. Where, so, where, 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 doing some sword thing or some lightsaber thing or something like that, Bible, Bible blade thing, just going around and Boba just goes, BAM! Or, maybe not necessarily a sword thing, although that, that would be good. I want to see somebody that thinks they're like a gunslinger, so they're doing like all sorts of twirls and stuff yes. with their gun. <laughs> and, you know, and maybe even showing off some trick shots while they're, while they're doing it. And Boba just, Boba just waits for the guy, waits for the guy to finish and then just, <laughs> Yes. Hip fires, kill, hip fires, and kills him. Um, 
so I had to look this one up because I brought something up earlier while we were watching it and how Omega's voice sounds Australian. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely slightly, definitely a different accent than the rest of the clones. Her voice actress is from New Zealand. Oh. Okay. Um, so that, yeah. Now that, I, now that I think about it, her voice does have a similar sort of accent to this uh, women's wrestler in NXT named Dakota Kai who is also from New Zealand. So... Yeah, the and the and to us, our uncultured American ears, Australian accents and New Zealand accents broadly sound very similar. It's one of those things like if you listen to them enough, you could probably tell the difference. Mm-hmm. But we're ignorant American fucks. So <laughs> there was two questions I want to see answered now. I want to know what's the major deal of that pendant on Omega's head. We yeah, we saw her take it off while she was moping. Yeah, and she wasn't wearing it for the rest of the episode. It's similar, to, I think, to the one that Nala Sue wears. You know, the Camino in that she was that she was the medical assistant for. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering big, if it's some sort of connection lady. she has to she has to the Caminoans, or it clearly has some sort of significance to her. But who knows? And what? then the other ones, the other ones, the one you're theorizing. But you do realize it's not just the hair; it's also the facial structure of her. The facial structure does. That was another thing that sort of <laughs> made me wonder. When I when we I was rewatching the episode last night with you, and so like the the way that her hair sort of flares out at the sides and sweeps back, and the there's something about the structure of her face that's very Palpatine-ish. Yes. Um, but you said you had another. That's the, oh, there was there was that, that thing. Yeah. Okay. I want the answer too. Like you want it. Is she? Well, I, and that and that was another thing when uh, when Hunter explained to Cut that she's another rejected uh, uh, de- defective yes. clone. Uh, Cut pointed out that the Kaminoans never do something without a purpose. So what is what is her, what did they make her for? And that would add more theory to the actual force sensitive. The, the mm-hmm. was a force, or my idea that she's like a tech, tech, uh, not technomancer, but someone who's very advanced with tech. They can just see pieces of the puzzle and connect. Well, them and this is something uh, I mentioned as we were watching it, and I noticed this after watching some uh, some other like YouTube reactors that watch this stuff. Can't remember if it was Blind Wave or the Normies. I think it was Blind Wave because they're big Star Wars fans, and they have watched pretty much all things Star Wars, or at least two members of two of their members have watched all things Star Wars, and they have a pretty deep knowledge of all this stuff. So it's like when they mention like. Uh, and they name drop various places. They they immediately are like, oh, I know what this is. like with the Jedi Master in episode in episode one of the series. Uh, that I don't remember her name, but they mentioned it in the opening opening sequence with the whole trouble in the in the galaxy, you know, narration thing. They drop name drop her there, and I just remember seeing them being like, oh, because they knew who she was and what was what this meant. Um, but they were sort of pointing out that she was uh, like sort of picking up skills, like co- sort of copying what other people were doing. Like she picked up uh, not just like Hunter's mannerisms, but sh- like she was sort of picking up Hunter's sort of enhanced perception about things when she was uh, talking to Crosshair and was trying to like empathize with him. Although at that point she was also doing some of the force sensitive stuff in there. Um, she picked up, uh, she was. The very first time she picked up a blaster, she pulled off like a perfect shot on Crosshair's gun. Yep. And what did you, yeah, and you said that reminded you of uh, River? River River uh, Tam from uh, Firefly. God, I still love that one shot from last season, from last episode. <laughs> Knife! Boom! Oh yeah, that was a fantastic shot, and I really hope we get some sort of callback uh, in a later episode. Oh no, she's going to yell knife. Omega's going to yell knife and get that shot again. Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't think she was watching the that simulation fight, but you know who knows her picking she, up. It's, 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 not, it's not going to be like that scene from Wonder Woman Shield. Yeah, <laughs> um, but she does. You know, she's picking up like all this stuff. She sort of pick seemed to pick up on how to catch. Well, that. Uh, but I'm just like I got yeah, like you when she was sort of looking at the at the cards for the chain codes. You, you know, were just sort of like, is she going to be the one that, like, fixes all this sort of stuff now? You were theorizing that she has some sort of... Uh, she's, she's tech. She's tech, tech savvy. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but I think it's more just, along with the Force-sensitive 
things. She maybe because of the force sensitive thing, she's picking up on some of the skills that they have. She something like Wrecker's strength is not something she can just sort of pick up and replicate. No, but next thing you know, she starts trying to lift the gonk door. <laughs> that was another funny little moment as they're escaping. Uh, we see that in the in in the process of escaping from all this. Wrecker has picked up one of those gonk droids. And is lifting it with one hand. Yeah, he's literally doing curls with it while it's kicking its legs. And I think the entire time it's going gonk, gonk. (laughs) Um, Just a funny little moment. I'm like, did he pick up a gonk droid for some reason? When you lift, man, you lift. Ah, my muscles are getting smaller. (laughs) I gotta get some reps in. Omega, make my protein shake. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... And it's clear, and we got like a closing moment where it's like, Hunter's like, well, if you want to stay with us, then you're, you're going to stay with us. Like, he finally sort of accepted that she's sort of chosen what family she wants to be with. I guess we're going to have to live with it now. I mean, she did choose it from the square one, mm. but she kept wandering over to the table and then made the food fight. Yep. <clears throat> well, where Omega goes, trouble follows. I do, I, I love the fact that they, they talk about Omega and and Wrecker together at times. Oh yeah, because like when they when Omega was done exploring the ship, and they were both conked out on the floor. Well, that's like they gave her the task of inspecting everything on the ship, just to wear her out, and she finally was like just sort of passed out <laughs> against against the wall, and Wrecker's sort of passed out right next to her. Yep. Two is two kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what you gotta do sometimes to get the kids to settle down, is you just gotta let them burn off that energy. I'm gonna have to do that tomorrow when I go to my nephew's, when I go to my nephew's birthday at, at one point. It, the the relationship kind of reminds me of, um... No promises there, because it's his first birthday, so... Oh, God! In, um, Transformers Prime between Bulkhead and Miko, because Bulkhead was just, like, giant hulking transformer that turned into like a heavily armored vehicle or whatever and Miko was just this like little Japanese girl who was just all like oh let's go and do this oh don't worry I, I know I'm good I'm I'm good you know being protected by you and all that so I'm seeing the same thing here oh yeah Wrecker is definitely going to be the bodyguard well yeah Wrecker is going to be the is going to be the major papa wolf of, of that group just like if you do anything to hurt her <laughs> Well, it's kind of like, you know, going back to Firefly, you could, like, Jane was very protective of Kaylee. Yeah, he remember, was. Remember in the first episode when Kaylee got shot, uh, and, like, Jane, you know, when Simon was, like, do- doing the surgery, uh, you could see Jane, like, outside the med bay, just sort of, like, watching, and clearly nervous. Like, he's just sort of, like, you know, like, fidgeting, you know, just like, I want to help, but there's nothing I can do. I, I just see Omega starting another fight, and Wrecker just being behind her, her like a... Like a, a, a mace or something, just putting it on his hand. Or, just had a thought, there's some place, some bullies start picking on Omega and they like shove shove them over. And then, and, he's, just and then he's just like right behind her, or right behind them. <laughs> I just had another thought of how you could uh, get record to just be like the muscle that shows up to deal with something. Remember Crocodile Dundee, Dundee 2? Uh, it's, like, uh, it's like when they go back to Australia, it's just sort of like, I don't need a weapon. I've got I'm a donk. What donk? <laughs> yeah. I've got a donk. You got a what? And then this big Australian dude just lands behind him, spins the guy around, and just goes donk. <laughs> One punch knocks him out. I remember that scene now. I remember rewinding. I want. I want that. I want that scene in a future episode. Like, oh, I don't need like, a weapon. I got a wrecker. A what? <laughs> wrecker. Because <laughs> um, unfortunately, if they did anything, it's going to be the uh, the scene from Avengers. I have an army. We, we have, have a wrecker. wrecker. <laughs> <laughs> um, that you know that could be like uh, with like crosshair or some other imperial officer. It's just like I have an army. We've got wrecker. <laughs> so uh, with as lighthearted as these first two, ep- well, this parts, episode at least parts of the first episode, anyways. Before uh, everything started going wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you see this getting to be like really dark? Like what the last? I think it's. I think was? it's going to get a bit darker. I think we're going to get sort of a balance. Like we're going to see more signs of the empire establishing its control and the and everything getting grimmer and more dark because of that. While also having some of the lightheartedness of, you know, Omega discovering the world and being awed by all the 
about all the little things in it and how realizing that as bleak as things may be, the world is just awesome. I want the Sally Morning cartoon storyline every time. Where there's a point A and a point B and it's... Or like, like an A plot and a B plot sort of going on. Yeah, like this one was parody. Mm-hmm. No, kind of like what uh, Mandalorian had. Yeah. Where there was like, yeah, there was the whole like, oh, I got to take the kid to his people, to these mystical beings that have been extinct for God knows how many years. Uh, and in the meantime, like every episode had like its own plot. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there was like the arcing storyline of trying to find the, trying to find the, uh, the, you know, Grogu's people while all, but... Uh, there's also sort of going on in the background, the Imperial Remnant and Moff Gideon are up to something. And we don't f- really find out what it was. We know that he was making these dark troopers, but we don't know specifically what everything that was going into it was. This is going to be, the, the first arc is going to be them running away from... Crosshair. Crosshair, thank you. I want to call him Sniper for some reason. So you can call him Sniper, that's perfectly perfectly sniper understandable. No yeah, stop it. <laughs> we have Sniper as the main protagonist. He's 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 the, he's the heavy that's like chasing them. Yes, who's through the whole arc, and then they come up with some kind of twist at the end. Well, and there's probably also there's also like the driving mystery of what is Omega. Yeah, it's like we know she's some she's a clone, but of who. You know what is what is unique about her? Well, that's the that's the catch you're going to have at the end of the season. I'm hoping. So, and later in the season, it's going to factor in. Yeah. Well, no, at the end to make it so you can get another season going. On. I'm hoping that's what they do. Like they they have their epic showdown with Sniper, and they they get to the quest, and then like Omega has her Jedi moment wake up scene. To, or it's like the moment when uh, she finally cuts loose of what she can do. Yes. Um, it's like everything up to now has been subtle stuff. We haven't seen her doing like anything like moving things with her mind, like the telekinetic stuff that Jedi like to do. It's all been the more the emotional stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, the pseudo telepathic stuff, like when, uh, and some foresight things. In fact, now that I think about it, the, the foresight stuff, like when she tried to warn Hunter about the mission to, on, to Onderin, uh, where they ran into Saw. When she tried to warn them not to go on the mission. Yeah, but she also overheard the conversation, though. Yes, but uh, there, but then there was also when she was talking to Crosshair, and she basically said, "I know what you're about, what you're going to do, and it's not your fault, but you don't have a choice." Would that... She, she had a sense of what was about to happen to him. I argue that, and the reason why I argue that is she knew about the chips in the head. She knew about the Order sixty six. She knew from his dialogue, because he kept saying, good soldiers follow orders. Mm-hmm. Every time, and that's yes, why... Yes, but I do think that there, is an, that there is an element of foresight in there, which is all the more, which just adds more weight to my Palpatine daughter theory. Because Palpatine had very strong foresight. He, like, could, he could sort of predict how things were going, to, were going to go and use that to help orchestrate things to his benefit. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I do. I, I'm hoping that you partially your life, but at the same time, I'm going with the more. She's a genius. And I don't doubt she's a genius, but I genius, think there is force sensitiveness in there. Oh yeah, there's force sensitiveness in there, but I don't think the foresight kicked in because she's the genius part of her brain was going. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I do think that there is some. Maybe it's not very strong yet. No. But I think there is some some of that in there. But. Um, yeah, uh, wondering where we're going to go next episode. Because at the end of episode one, we were given a definite sense of where they were going next. Now it's like wide open. We don't know. Yes. So. Here's a map of every single planet and galaxy in the Star Wars universe. Just throw a dart at it. <laughs> well, oh. you'd also sort of have to keep in mind, it's just sort of like they're in, they're in the outer rim. So that's going def- to that's gonna narrow it down to where they can go. <laughs> You just threw a dart through a hologram and hit Wrecker in the back of the head. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to look like that scene from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where, uh, who was it, uh, Sean Gunn accidentally used Yondu's arrow and, peered, and shot it towards uh, Drax. <laughs> it's Drax, like, in the chest, and he's like, ah! ah! He's just screaming. And you just see him get up and walk away like, wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've forgotten about that moment for a bit. 
I hope we get some sort of follow-up on him with uh, Guardians 3. Yeah, me too, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's like two or three years from now. <laughs> uh, give or take. But, yeah. Um, Have to wait till after Suicide Squad comes out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, I think, wraps up episode two of The Bad Batch. Uh, unless there's anything else either of the two of you would I like want, to add or I want question? to see a cameo of Jeff Goldblum now and now. In what? In The Bad Batch. As it's like a voice of some, uh, like some voicing yeah. some character. No, 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 no. Even better, he has to be the owner of a park of dangerous animals, and he has to be talking just like his character from Jurassic Park. I'm gonna go with a lawyer of some sort. I was gonna go with uh, a guy from Apartments.com. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> Would you like to buy this apartment on Tatooine? It's cheap and free. Don't mind the sand. Don't mind the sand. The sand people or the Jabba's or the Hut family. You know this this fun, this apartment is brought to you by sand. It's everywhere. Get used to it. <laughs> oh, and uh, don't leave your another stuff, Disney reference don't, there. Don't leave your stuff out at night, or the jo- or the Jawas will take it apart. I thought trash gathering service. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, that is essentially what they do. Yeah, it's just sort of like here, we'll pay you to take the stuff off your off our hands. Uh, but yeah. Uh, my ship, they took it apart. <laughs> I want it back. <laughs> they even took the light bulbs. Why? Uh, I think they took the glass from the <laughs> cockpit, too. <laughs> I think they did. Um, but yeah, uh, good good second episode. Nice little uh, breath of fresh air, sort of, with a more lighthearted episode after how dark things got towards the yeah. end of the first one. I mean, with the way, with the ending, the freaking dark ending that we got for Clone Wars, yeah. We oh, God, it. yeah. <laughs> is, is it, yeah, Zeke hasn't, Zeke hasn't seen it, but all I'll say without giving too much details is you see Order 66 go down. Ah. From, from, but from like another, like you see, it, it's funny because now we've seen Order 66 get put, get done in three different not only locations, but in three different series. There's episode three. There was Clone Wars, and now Bad Batch. So I'm wondering could, if we're gonna see, get actually some... no. I guess we could say four with Fallen Order. True. Um, and now I'm wondering if we're gonna get it a, get it a fifth time. In what a flashback in Mandalorian season three from Grogu. That'd be interesting. Although in Grogu's case, it was less Order sixty six and more. Anakin. Yeah. Uh, but still, that would be... It would be a part of the whole Order 66 thing. He marched in there with a bunch of clones also. I could... I, you know it wasn't just him that slaughtered everyone in there. He yeah. slaughtered the younglings, yes, but there were other Jedi that were in there. I must go in my happy place. I must go in my happy place. I must go in my happy place. <laughs> so it's like, it's like Magneto in X-Men First Class where... Him using his powers is based off of happy thoughts. Like, <laughs> so you mean happy tell, thoughts. So you mean to tell me that scene in X Men Two when he's killing all the guards with those? Metal, it was like Peter metal. Pan, but, <laughs> but with magnetic powers. <laughs> Wendy, I can fly. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, we need. We should wrap this. We'll go ahead and wrap this up now because well, now mean, we're just <laughs> going into random. The episode was three minutes long. I'm pretty sure when your binge cast goes two times longer than the episode, we probably should call it quits. Yes. Uh, so that is going to wrap up this week's edition of the Mando Cast. We've got another 14 weeks of this, so we're, this is going to be running concurrently with, with Loki. Oh. My God, what that's happening for? Except Loki's are dropping on Wednesdays, so it's not like we have to do one and then the other immediately. It's just oh my God, what that's happening? It's it's funny. You don't have to participate. You know I'm gonna be the almost every binge you do because it's half the fun. Yes, <laughs> watching these with other people is a good thing, and I I know from my experience in trying to do a solo cast. I need to have somebody else there to bounce to bounce off of, or I just run out of things to talk about. Have yes. I stare blankly at him blinking. Speaking of which, how did things go when I wasn't when I was in uh, lockdown in the hotel room? You had to do what like what was like two three episodes of uh... that wasn't that wasn't uh, you in lockdown. That was just you were at at you were working. No, if you remember, I was in the hotel. He was the first hotel victim, and then I was the second hotel victim. Right, yeah, but been... I didn't think you you missed two episodes because well, of the, I was because on of the lockdown. Also. That was it. That was it. 
and then uh, you we put you in the we put you in quarantine for <laughs> for a few days because you went to a place that was a bit of a hot spot. It's <laughs> uh, not as bad as when I caught I listened to his Willy Wonderland binge. I just sat down and went, "We have to do this all over again, yeah. all of us." I got halfway through it. We have to do this. Yeah, I. Uh, we all Wonderland we was a good example. I need to have somebody else there to bounce off of. Yeah, we all do. I mean, it's half the fun. But anyway, that's all for us to talk about outside of this, uh, outside of our recordings. But uh, so, having my history lesson about Chinese regions <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, yeah. Going back to that thing. Influences. Uh, so for Zeke and Chris, I am Jay, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Abort to Death Mando Cast. Be sure to check out all the Star Wars content on Disney Plus and give us a like and subscribe. This is the way.